and welcome back to the Doxology Podcast. My name is Lucas Stock, and with me, as is typical, is Jens Nelson. This is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Join us as we explore, discuss, and grow as followers of Christ. So, how's it going, man? It's going. Um, it's going. Yeah, I mean, not much has changed. You know, not getting settled back into life in Wisconsin after seeing you like a few weeks ago, and mm-hmm. um, just you know, working. <laughs> uh, yeah, nothing really. We were we were with, uh, I guess we were at my in-laws yesterday, and my family came over as well, and we had like a like a pool party, and we just kind of hung out all day. So that was really nice. Um, Sick. I don't know. Other than that, just kind of same old, same old. Nothing spectacular going on. What about you guys? Um, this past week was Elaine's birthday, so we went to a fancy dinner. Um, had flame and yawn with crab, and um, it was amazing. <laughs> nice. Uh, so that's good. And then we... Uh, I flew, it was supposed to be a surprise, but she kind of figured it out, but I flew in um, her best friend from Chicago, um, or one of her closest friends, at least, from Chicago, and we went out to dinner again last night, or I guess two nights ago, and we don't know, I've been eating a lot of good food. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, that's exciting. Um, so that's been, it's been pretty good, pretty good. Cool. Yeah. So today's, you know, I feel like we, we say this a lot that today's episode is going to be a little different than usual i don't know i feel yeah, what like is, we say what that is a lot, usual <laughs> but i don't know if 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 it's really any different than usual but I, but I don't know i mean it's different in the sense of how much you know preparation we did but i think also it's just a different kind of conversation yeah it's not like um, explicitly like a biblical topic or like a right. theological one necessarily though i think you and i would both say that i mean all of life can be related um you know if the, if theology is a, a revelation of reality um then the things that we're going to talk about today have theological implications for sure definitely definitely so today you know we've kind of t- titled this conversation um the cult of celebrity and we're going to talk about i guess just sort of different thoughts that that have come up in you know I think you originally brought this up and then we kind of had a little bit of a conversation about about it in terms of what we might want to discuss, some different ideas as it relates to thinking through celebrity and, and celebrity culture um, and just sort of, like you said, the theological implications of these things. Not necessarily that we're going to go find, you know, a Bible story that teaches us something about celebrity and what what that means but but just sort of thinking and discussing theologically through a topic that is super relevant culturally i would say just in terms of our society being one that places a really high value on fame fortune you know people who are celebrities have a large audience and their opinions get a lot of traction whether they're i mean that's not a good or a bad thing it's just a fact you know if if someone with a million followers posts something a lot of people are going to see it you know so before we i guess get too into the 
the specifics that we wanted to talk about what what do we mean i guess when we when we say celebrity um just in terms of like that word or, or this idea that we want to be sort of honing in on like could you kind of give us a rundown more specifically of what what you have in mind by the term celebrity yeah i guess in my head when i think of celebrity i think of um somebody in a position of of prominence someone in a position of um recognition more so than your your common person so this could even be this can be as small and as simple as the pastor of a church is somewhat quote-unquote celebrity maybe compared to the rest of the congregation the rest of the congregation you don't know their name um they come in and out but everybody knows who the pastor is he's up front and center so maybe that's like one very small um common example and then the you know the extreme is obviously like you mentioned those people who have millions upon millions of of followers on social media or um, you see their faces in the tabloids or um, you know think about they're in our movies tv music Uh, it's like this industry where you don't even have to do anything like great or profound i mean you can be you can become a celebrity or become famous for something as simple as like a tiktok video or you know our i think our generation was more into vine or um, youtube like you can become an overnight viral sensation you can get your name recognized because of really anything something dumb that you did um something as simple as like you know charlie bit me you know like these silly youtube videos that you know, have been sort of there since the beginning of YouTube. And right. um, I don't know. So, you know, when we when we usually think of celebrity, I think we think of those like those big name famous people who are in Hollywood. Um, but it obviously right. extends far. I don't know, more broad than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think of like musicians and actors and like that kind of celebrity. Um, and, and I think that those kind of like you're saying, those those are the more like just in terms of the you know the amount of people who know them or the amount of reach they have like the, that those would probably be the biggest examples like a really famous actor um that like you know even if you're not into movies or film or you don't pay that much attention like you you know who tom cruise is or you at least know his name and you might even know like a couple of snippets or like you know controversial things about that person you know or or just like things that are sort of in the air of, of our society because he is such a well-known actor. Um, and I'm not picking on Tom Cruise, you know, I guess there's, there's probably lots we could pick on him for, but like, I just, <laughs> he was just the first actor that came right. to mind for some reason. Um, and, and musicians, you know, which obviously different, you know, different demographics have, I guess, different, you know, actors or musicians or authors or, you know, just general quote unquote famous people that, resonate most with with them you know like um in terms of different generations or different um, parts of the country you might have different musicians that are really popular a local musician might have a big following in their city that isn't reflected you know in a different city things like that but but i i think that that public prominence is a is really i think i i think at least it's really what we're getting at when we when we talk about celebrity and especially when we think through like, what does it mean or what does it do for someone to be a celebrity or be in a position where they're viewed as a celebrity? Um, I think another way of phrasing that is, is really what is it, 
what does it do to someone or, or what can someone do when they are in a position of public prominence, um, I think is another, just like you said, is just a good way of, of sort of framing what we're, what we're talking about. And right. I mean, I guess like we can, you know, probably one of the, one of the biggest, especially in the last, you know, however long it's been at this point, six months, a year, I don't, I don't even remember, but one of the biggest sort of sparks I think for this conversation is, you know, the, the, the story, the, the recent <laughs> story and exploits of, of Kanye West and, you know, his very public, um, expression of, of a conversion experience and a noticeable shift in what, how he's talking about his music and the lyrical content and, and even just the, you know, I, I don't follow his personal life super closely, but it, kind of like I was saying, it's hard to avoid <laughs> hearing things, even if I'm not following, you know, the day-to-day right. updates from him or whatever. Um, you know, there it, it he's a really interesting case because he's someone who's incredibly famous for his, his music, which is really well-loved and appreciated by fans of that art style. Um, he's, he married into a different <laughs> sort of provocative controversial you know famous family but they're only Um, famous for being famous it's not like you know in the beginning it's not like they i mean their only claim to fame was their father who was like the lawyer to oj simpson originally like (laughs) it wasn't like you know they were movie stars or anything like they they became famous because really a sex tape which is um not you know the greatest way to become well-known or famous but that that's part of what we're talking about like that's why this this topic is so interesting is um, the people that we pedestal, these people that we put into these positions of, of prominence, of, um, I don't know, leadership almost, like we almost see them as authoritative because they've reached this status, this stature of gaining a wide following. There must be something about them that is worthy of, you know, garnering attention and worthy of, you know, almost like discipleship. Like th- there are people who just because we can peek into their lives through social media and that's that's something that is a little crazy too is how social media has even changed this it's almost like i mean i know stalkers have always sort of existed there's i mean you know everyone's if you're famous you've almost always had a stalker or something but it's almost like it makes all of us mini stalkers being able to look and peer into the lives of these people who we would never otherwise know or interact with other than maybe at an airport or like at a McDonald's or something like we're not going to like just run into Kanye or Kim Kardashian, like at the grocery store, you know, right. um, maybe, but it's not like we're going to become friends, but by seeing everything that they do, we almost build this artificial relationship where we, or at least we think we do like where we think we know them. We think that we know what they're about. And I think therein lies some of the danger of, of celebrity of, of of making it seem like we have something with these people when in reality they don't know who we are they could care less what we're doing here in massachusetts or wisconsin or, or whatever um and it's not even like that's a failing on their part right but it's just that you don't know millions of people <laughs> so it yeah i mean yeah i kind of want to like hone in on that a little bit i guess in terms of like from the perspective of, you know, a f- like we, we can take an example or we can talk more more generally, but like, you know, using Kanye West as, as an example or Kim Kardashian, you know, from the perspective of a, you know, a fan of 
a celebrity like that those the way that that plays itself out where we're constantly hearing them and seeing videos of them you know whether we're listening to you know uh music that they produce or we're listening to an interview we see them on a commercial because they're you know sponsoring some product or um, we see them being interviewed on tv because of a recent project they did or or you know they're in a magazine or you know we open up social media and there's people talking about them so we see their faces and hear their voices or we're following their social media or or, you know whatever they're um, you know posting or, or producing and so we're seeing you know hearing their voices as if they were talking to us we're hearing their seeing their faces as if you know we're seeing their faces and like you said they're not seeing our faces you know if 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 kim kardashian posts a video where she's talking about you know a new product she's launching we can see her and hear her but it's not it's not mutual because it's a video it's not a conversation or whatever um and like you kind of you kind of hinted at in terms of like they become voices of like their voices become really important to a lot of people you know and whether that's oh kim kardashian was in this commercial for this you know skincare product it must be good i'm gonna go buy it like that's a pretty i don't know the word like that that's a pretty serious you audacious know. maybe like that that's a pretty like big deal like it it doesn't maybe it doesn't seem that way because we're so used to consumerism and advertisements and and purchasing things but like the idea that because you know whether it's the only reason or, or just a contributing factor someone that you don't have a relationship with is still a voice that will would encourage you to offer your money to a certain company for a certain product based based on the fact that this celebrity is offering their you know i'm gonna put this in quotes offering their you know endorsement because these aren't done for charity like right they're being paid so there's that element too but it is just really interesting i guess using that sort of as one example of the way that celebrity the, the celebrity status of someone affects our uh, view of them affects our perspective of them and affects how they can impact us you know what i mean like mm. someone kim kardashian kanye west tom cruise i've never even seen these people in real life like at a concert or something let alone like talk to them let alone let alone <laughs> know them personally like they have they're so far away from having any actual impact on my life as an as a fellow human being in any sort of social or community sense um and yet i know their names i know what they look like i know what they've been up to at least to some degree at least in the public sense and it's like i have conversations with you with other friends about kanye's faith journey which is like kind of insane to think about because you're not talking i don't about have conversations down the road right his. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's kind of like what like what does that mean or what does that do to me to have this this structure in place where people who are 
as in terms of like real human relationships, they're they're completely separate from me. There's right. no connection between us. But I know things about them that I don't know about other people that I have no relationship with. In your own church even maybe. Like there are probably people yeah. that you're sitting next to every single week and you don't even know their first name. And it's just kind of interesting to think like especially like you brought up the way that social media has so drastically like accelerated this kind of stuff because it's not even just the issue of like more people have a public persona which is true you know like if you have a if you have a social media account that's not locked or private or whatever like by definition you have a public persona you know that's out there available for people to to follow or to to look at or whatever um but it's also just in terms of I don't have to go buy a newspaper to hear about the newest album Kanye West releases. I don't have to go to the store and see on the magazine rack the latest gossip about, you know, such and such Hollywood couple. Um, It's literally in my pocket 24-7. And depending on the the people you follow, depending on your, your, you know, the apps you use or the news that you tend to follow, like, it's kind of presented in front of you without your even looking for it at times you know um well this is bizarre yeah and i I like that you bring that up and this is a whole separate topic in and of itself but i listened to a fascinating podcast with like kevin DeYoung, justin taylor and um man i'm blanking on the other guy but it's it's three guys who are like pastors theologians they a couple of them like work for crossway um, but they were having this conversation about media and how even even media is a sport almost like it's our it's our na- more so than um, more so than baseball. It's like, you know, the, the sport of our nation, so to speak, because everything that we do, you know, from politics to celebrity news to whatever um, it becomes, it's a, it's a sport like who, who won the latest, uh, you know, p- uh, presidential debate, who um, who's winning in the polls, who's this or who's that. Um, and one of the big problems that we have, especially in our, you know, American news world is the, the incredible bias, the incredible, you know, the, the polarized um, sides where news isn't even, I mean, what happens in a day when there actually is no news that is quote unquote noteworthy? Like that's something about like this whole celebrity topic and being noteworthy, being someone who's worthy of being even in the news. Because there are thousands of people every single day that are doing great things who are actually trying to change the world and who would get no recognition for it. And then like, you know, I, I, we keep bringing them up, but, you know, Kim or Kanye go out with like a new Louis Vuitton purse and suddenly that's news for some reason. Um, you know, what so when, when there is none of that new like act like you know no tsunamis came through no hurricanes no destruction no death like what does the news talk about because they have that time slot they have that you know half an hour that hour that needs to be filled and so sometimes they have to like maybe manufacture or, or come up with this stuff which only seems to perpetuate this idea of of celebrity and perhaps where this is um you know unfortunately quite evident is in, even in children you know if you, if you talk to our parents or if you talk to um, maybe even some people in our generation when you ask that when if when they were kids if you ask them what do you want to be when you grow up 
I bet a lot of people would have said some sort of like civil servant, some sort of like policeman, fireman. I want to be an astronaut. I want to like, there are these like real tangible, like jobs that people can see and touch. But now if you ask kids, they want to be famous. Like they want to go viral. They want to, you know, be famous on Twitch or um, on YouTube or TikTok or Instagram. Like they want to be an influencer. Um, And these are much more, um, you know, amorphous things because what does that even mean? What does it mean to be famous? Why is it that we've become, and maybe we've always been this way, but why, why are we so fascinated with the idea of celebrities? What is it about them that like attracts us to them? Like in reality, they're no different than you or me, Lucas, you know, we, we can, as, as two Christian guys, we know this, that they are no different than us. They fall into sin. They are, um, you know, apart from Christ, children of wrath, um, you know, maybe even sometimes more so than other people, just because of, um, you know, I don't know how many of you guys follow like Jeffrey Epstein and the stories surrounding, you know, that, that whole, uh, you know, problematic situation. But like when these people become so prominent, so famous, so wealthy, they, they, they are, they, not only do they have like a bigger following, but their, their power increases. And so in increasing in power, so does almost their, um, I don't know, maybe the word for it, but, you know, think of how many famous people, uh, maybe don't serve time or don't, um, face similar punishment for the same crimes that you or you and I were, will commit, you know, they have the money, the fame, the influence, the ability to avoid the punishments that we would also get, or think of the fact that, you know, the NBA or whatever, um, you know, they're, they're trying to get started up uh, down in Orlando at Disney World. I don't know if you're like following any of that, but apparently they have like these rings that can be early detectors of the coronavirus that they wear. And it's like, like, first of all, like, what, what's that all about? But the fact that these NBA players, just because of, you know, being athletes, being celebrity, they get this special treatment, this special, um, you know, priority over the general masses because, you know, the NBA must go on. So I guess I'm curious, like, there, maybe there's not even a real good answer, but why do you think that we are so fascinated by the idea of celebrity? Man. Yeah, I, I feel like in, 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 it's not probably something that's new to like the human condition in, you know, the 21st century so much as um, we are in a society due to technology, due to, um, you know, the, the, the way that our, the way we view professional sports, the way that we view music, you know, and those sorts of things, you know, have developed over the last probably especially like, a hundred years or, or so, you know, like with, we, we were able to make movies now and then we started making bigger and better movies. And then we started making even bigger and more expensive and crazier and more exciting movies. And I feel like the same is kind of true in music, in, um, you know, public figures of, of whatever kind. Um, but I, I think that, you know, tied up with celebrity is, and being someone who's prominent, whether you're prominent because you play a sport, because you are a really good speaker, because you make music, or because you've done something crazy that got people's attention, like tied up with all of that is the recognition that you get 
from other people like people know your name they know your face they want to maybe they want to be like you you know like kids want to be like lebron james they want to be like kanye west they want to be like i was trying to think of an actor i you know tom cruise i guess i don't know how many kids want to be like tom cruise these days but um uh there's that there's that part of being a prominent public you know figure whether it's for a good or a bad reason is that people know who you are and they recognize you and i think that that speaks to our you know desire for whether it's whether it's the very real and 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 good human desire for rec- for being known and seen or whether it's maybe the not so good human desire of, of pride and and uh, you know self um, you know self-importance and wanting other people to think that we're good you know praise of men that kind of thing um, there's also tied up with it is money you know like right yeah I'm not saying everyone has the musical ability of a Kanye West but of all the people who have real musical talent, you know, anyone can make a really good song if they have the talent, but not everyone can then release that song and make millions and millions and millions of dollars off of, off of that one song or off of a concert or whatever. Um, so, you know, if I'm serious about music, that's my, that's my passion, that's my gifting, that's, you know, what I'm pursuing, you know, part of wanting to gain more and more fans is I'm able to then sustain my musical passion as a career. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all. You know, like, I think that if there's a musical artist you like, you should support them financially because if that's what they're trying to do as a job, it's not, you know, it's not easy to make a sustainable living that way. Especially in COVID days. (laughs) For sure. Um, and, And I don't think that, you know, I think that art being commodified as you know a business you know talking about the music industry or um you know uh people who write books for a living you know like like there there are lots of problems that i think develop in that in terms of like art losing its artistic value to a certain degree because it's being cranked out to just be the next you know sort of robotic formulaic you know summer top 40 hit and it has there's no real actual artistic you know merit or value behind it or whatever but in in principle if you know in our society we live in a world where you need to make money in order to survive and you need to you know be paid in order to pay your bills in order to survive so whatever we want to say about that like in that in this society it's not i'm not saying it's bad for an artist a musical artist or an author or a um an actor or an athlete you know i guess athlete's not really an artist but you know it's not bad to make a career out of those things but it is interesting to think about what does it mean for money to be wrapped up in and not just some money not just a not just a solid living but millions and millions of dollars that are just I don't even know the word. Just so much more than any human being needs. Well, think of like um, w- w- while we were with you in Massachusetts, the announcement mm-hmm. came that Patrick Mahomes was going to be signing a, uh, you know, a new ten-year contract with the Kansas City Chiefs worth half a billion dollars, so five hundred million dollars. And right. this dude's younger than you and I. Like he, yeah. <laughs> he might actually be like really close to your age, and just became like the richest athlete in the history of. Um, I mean, I guess you could say the world because no one's ever had a contract that big. I mean, sure, maybe people have made 
over their entire careers that much money, but to sign a contract, um, it's the biggest right. one in sports history. And, you know, his play and his ability has definitely made him deserving of, you know, a significant contract. Um, but like, yeah, when you get down to it, you know, what, you know, we, we've, I guess we've talked a lot about, you know, popular celebrity, a lot of, mm-hmm. um, you know, actors, athletes. Um, but we know that this, this creeps into the church and, and maybe this is sort of like a good transition point to sort of touch mm-hmm. on a couple of those things because, um, especially in the church, I think celebrity has the possibility of becoming a, a, a dangerous thing, something that is mm-hmm. a little bit more sinister or maybe even a little bit like, um, problematic, I guess. Like the re- the reason this whole conversation started, at least between you and me, um, I guess we never really gave the context for that, but there had been like a tweet a couple days ago, maybe a couple weeks ago at this point, And I don't even remember exactly what the context was, but there was somebody, there was like this, this Twitter thread and someone like mentioned like at, Andy Minio and asking what Andy Minio's opinion was on this given theological issue, um, which when I stopped to think about it, I was like, that's incredibly fascinating that we're having a, there's some people having a theological, you know, debate or just conversation over Twitter and someone like sees Andy Minio as being authoritative on this given topic. And that's not to say that he's not. I mean, maybe Andy Minio is, you know, I don't, let's just say it was on the Holy Spirit or something. I don't remember exactly what was being discussed, but what mm-hmm. what would it be that makes Andy Minio, um, you know, an authority or a voice um, to speak into this? And I, I mean, like I said, maybe, maybe he has some authority. Maybe he has studied, you know, on the, the Holy Trinity or the Holy Spirit or like has done research or was studying this in grad school who knows but I'm, I'm just saying like instead of like you know going to your pastor or even going to um you know academic theologians who might be you know more you know well 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 read and well versed in this you know why even is just, that even we, not even well but just more widely read just more right. more prepared possibly exactly. just given their career differences right so this sort of thing even comes into christians into the church where you know maybe our celebrities aren't kim and and kanye and tom cruise as we keep alluding to but maybe (laughs) um you know maybe yours are you know john piper and stephen furtick and you know whoever like you maybe maybe we have these people who are on pedestals who are um prominent and i i even think of my time in chicago we we went to a church where as soon as the service would over as soon as the service was over the pastor would exit the back of the stage and like you wouldn't see him after service um Hmm. and you know what 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 does that say what is problematic about that um and and this wasn't even like a mega church or anything we're just this is just like a a church um so what i don't maybe i don't exactly know what the question is but um when it when it pertains especially to church what are what are some of the dangers that we might face when we maybe make pastors or worship teams or um someone like that into celebrities i mean i think the the most obvious one is just the the problem of making a a human being the focus or the center or the you know we're not going to church to hear somebody speak you know well we are but we're not going to church to hear the pastor speak you know we're going to church to worship and hear the gospel proclaimed 
you know, through human lips because that's what how God works. But but we're not going for, you know, pastor's words. We're going for pastor delivering us the message of the gospel, delivering us a prophetic word from God's written word, you know? So turning turning the attention to a to a person and this might be very explicit or it might be more subtle just in terms of how the room is set up having a spotlight you know this this goes into a whole other conversation that maybe we should have some time about like architecture and sacred space and you know lights and lasers and uh the way that we dress you know and all that kind of all that kind of stuff which um different traditions obviously have very different you know ways of setting up a sanctuary ways of presenting you know the the priest or the pastor um the minister whatever um but like those those all feed into in in sometimes very obvious sometimes more subtle ways who is the attention who or what is the attention being directed to you know and and if if it's it's hard to avoid the sort of celebrity like sense if the room is set up like an auditorium. The 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 pastor, the minister is dressed and speaks and acts as a you know public speaker. Not the if you're preaching, you need to have certain public speaking skills because you need to be eloquent enough to deliver the message and not be a distraction. Like I'm not I'm not saying like don't speak well or don't prepare well or don't be an engaging presence on on in the front of the sanctuary or whatever but what i'm saying is you know are you going to hear you know are you is the sermon presented as a lecture or motivational talk by a competent charismatic individual that you want to hear or is it being presented as a a competent and engaging presentation of the word of god and and you know I'm sure the lines are going to be gray at times, but I think we've all probably seen or been in examples of either side of that divide where it felt like a talk more than a sermon, or it Mm. felt more like a actual, you know, presentation of, of the word of God. But then, yeah, you know, how is, how are they dressed and how are they presenting themselves? What is obviously the content of the, of the sermon or of the songs being sung or, or whatever else. Um, how is, you know, going through, going to, you know, is there a stage that the pastor then exits through the backstage door and then you don't see, like, all of that, like, I don't see how that can really do anything except contribute to right a, an atmosphere where it's it's very, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not trying to be harsh, like, it, like I'm sure ac- for a lot of people accidentally... Um, becomes man-centered or at least harder to see it being God-centered or harder to keep the focus where it needs to be. Um, and well, and I again, I don't want to be harsh and, and say like, oh, well, if you just do church this certain way or that certain way, you don't have this problem. Because that's not right. true. We all have this temptation and this problem, whether we're a super traditional, tiny little Roman Catholic parish in the in the back country or a big urban non-denominational megachurch. It, it just, no one's immune to this issue. I, I just do think that like certain kinds of, you know, styles contribute to a 
a, a feeling of a more celebrity focused right. uh, environment. And then the other the other thing that I think of too is I think of like, and I'm going to name a couple names, not out of any sense of judgment um, or any you know disrespect meant so much as these are very public situations. But I I, I think of Mark Driscoll at Mars Hill. I think of James McDonald at Harvest. That's exactly where I was about to go to. So and you, yeah, and I, 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 you know, is every pastor of a large church, you know, bad news? No, of course not. But we have examples in recent memory <laughs> in our corner of Christianity, quite a few of, you know, pastors and leaders who would kind of fit sort of this, you know, church celebrity archetype that we're kind of vaguely talking about just in terms of they've got really big churches they write books they have radio shows they they travel and speak and preach and and they're um you know well liked and um people know they they have like a reputation for from for you know their churches are really really big and popular their their books or their um talks are really really popular and well known whatever it is and everything kind of becomes about them, and and you know, I, I know a lot. Especially more when it's about... called Mike, Mark Driscoll Ministries now, or you know, whatever you <laughs> name your what you do after yourself. I know a lot more of the details of, of sort of the the collapse of, of James McDonald at Harvest. You know, I, right. so I, I don't want to like accuse Mark Driscoll of things that he didn't do, but I know what James McDonald leadership was very unilaterally centered in him and he would be able to make decisions with no transparency, no accountability. And it's like, that's, that's a little bit, that's, that's a different issue than just celebrity, but it's like, well, that's I, a pr- I problematic in the real world, but like, that's also just yeah. problematic in terms of like how a church ought to function. Yeah. I can't, and I can't help but think that a celebrity focused church environment fosters temptations and opportunities for these kinds of sin to to sins to arise and and i'm not saying that mark driscoll or james mcdonald are worse sinners than me i'm not saying that i wouldn't be the exact same if i was in their shoes and that's kind of my whole point is that you know was mars hill or or is harvest you know not a church are they are they were they are they not you know authentically preaching the gospel and changing lives i'm not going to say that you know I'm not going to say that because that would be impossible for me to say, but also I (laughs) think it would be kind of unrealistic to say that no one has been positively impacted by the gospel through the ministry of, of Mars Hill, Mark Driscoll, James, you know, that that's, that's absurd, of course. But the point is that the, the structures in place were such that, you know, a a piece of it was a, a sense of celebrity, you know, I mean, I attended um, one of the Harvest campuses for a short time, you know, towards the beginning of my time at Moody in Chicago. And, um, I, and I know a lot of churches that have multiple campuses or like satellite sites do this. This isn't unique by any stretch, but um, the camp, I never heard the campus pastor of that campus preach. We just live streamed in um, the sermons from the main campus. And it's a little weird. You know, like, like there's, I'm not going to say that's sinful. It's a little weird though. I think it's, I think it's interesting. Something like that too. Yeah, maybe. But uh, so I I don't know. I think that, you know, did James McDonald have his sort of public collapse due to the fact that he was 
in the context of his church, you know, we could maybe call him like a pseudo celebrity. No, I don't think that's the case. I think that there were a lot deeper issues going on in terms of his leadership style and in terms of his own, you know, struggles and, and sin issues that seem to have sort of come to light, you know, over the last couple of years. But I, I can't imagine that things would look the same if he was the same person with the same struggles, but the pastor of a small church in, in, in the, you know, a farming community or something. Right. And, and that's not to say that one's intrinsically better or immune from issues of, of leadership. But I think that there's a really big issue with a very like celebrity esque church culture, pastoral, pastoral, you know, viewing the pastor as a celebrity um, that contributes to or, or allows or fosters opportunities for abuse. And, yeah. and you know, I, I, I'm going to stop because I feel like I'm just rambling and just going in circles at this point. Any kind of church can have abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, any type of, you know, leadership style can be abused by sinful men and women. That's a reality of the world we live in. I just think that's one major point to consider when we're talking about like celebrity pastors. Right. It is that kind of environment. What does that do? What does that allow? You know? Well, this is why theology does matter. You know, this is why conversations about ecclesiology or about, um, you know, church um, leadership structure, like that's why these aren't like irrelevant conversations and they're important to have because they help frame maybe a little bit of this conversation, but it also helps give, um, you know, in the case of James McDonald, perhaps some of the things that happened would not have happened had there been, um, you know, maybe a proper structure put in place for him to, you know, have accountability, to have checks and balances instead of like, I think, as you said, being sort of unilaterally in position of power. Um, But what I even find maybe even more fascinating is just the fact that there is nothing inherently that makes a pastor more prominent or important than the average layperson. And I think that's maybe like part of our struggle in churches is that um, that mindset that somehow the pastor is, I mean, there, there is a sense in which the pastor is in a position of, of, of power, of authority um, to, to teach, to, to shepherd, to disciple, to, you know, speak into certain situations, but be, because they've been educated as such, hopefully. Um, but well, like even as, more so, not to cut you off, you, I would good. say even more so, they've been called and set apart by the right. Spirit, ratified by the church, to be ordained to the responsibility of right. shepherding the flock. And and so it's that's the difference, you right. know. But I'm I, a, I, like, I'm going to let you finish. But no, um, yeah, I, I was just saying, like, that... And those are like the important things and the things that I I, I would agree with. But like the, just like we elevate like other people of celebrity, like that Mm -hmm. does not make them like a super Christian or a more important Christian in the eyes of Jesus or someone that like should get off um, without any punishment just because they are, you know, the man of God. Right. Um, or, or however you want to put it, like that's that's what I was trying to get to. Like I was, right. <laughs> I was trying to like transition us a little bit into, um, you know, not a world that we necessarily interact with a whole lot, other than seeing seeing some of it on social media, but like sort of this um, independent independent fundamental Baptist world, 
um, mm-hmm. the IFB world where um, I think, you know, sort of as we're saying, um, you know, with, with James McDonald and with, with Mark Driscoll, it almost seems like in the IFB world, there's also this movement of like finding out about a lot of abuse, finding out a lot of mistreatment, a lot of just um, perhaps years of bad theology and, and stuff like that. And it's it's mm. sort of culminating in this realization that there are a lot of problems within that world. And there's problems with how the pastor is viewed. So, I mean, that, that you know, one of the things that separates the IFB world from the rest of Christianity is the exclusive use of, you know, the 1611 King James Bible. And I forget the citation. It's like one, it's like a, it's a pro, it's a small prophet, maybe. I, I can't remember for sure, but it's, it's basically like this, like you shall not touch you know god's anointed like you shall not put your hands Mm -hmm. on god's chosen man and a lot of fundamentalist pastors see that as being spoken of them like you shouldn't say a negative word about your pastor he's in this position of power he's been called he has authority over you so how dare you um, you know speak against him and i think that's like a severe severe danger um there's a lot that can be said here um you know if if we're going to uh, you know, mention one in particular. Um, it's it's an interesting dynamic of celebrity, but I think it's worth highlighting here before we close. Is is Nathan Rager, and I don't know how many of our listeners know who Nathan Rager is, but um, in the IFB world, he's sort of this quote unquote newcomer, this up and coming um, pastor of a small church like in Tampa, Florida, um, who is just often saying these ridiculous things i don't know if he's trying to be serious if he's trying to be comedic like there are some people who thinks it's like a joke they think it's Mm. him actually being funny um and and i think one of the one of the things is i think he wants to be one of those famous ifb preacher boys he wants to be one of those men of god um but maybe doesn't have the following or the church to do so however because of these twitter accounts because of you know um ifb preacher clips and um Northworth Seminary and some of these other like, um, you know, they're meant to be a little bit comical at Twitter accounts. Like they've sort of, maybe not to his liking, but nonetheless, they have almost elevated Nathan Rager to mm-hmm. this like celebrity status where he's this like, we're just like waiting notoriety for the next, instead of, right instead of popularity almost right. They're just kind of waiting for the next dumb thing he might say or the next you know, rant about Calvinists and weed and I don't even know like. He's always saying the most ridiculous it's stuff. Good stuff. And, it's good stuff. <laughs> right. And so, like, what? I guess one of my questions in, in this whole topic of celebrity, um, and especially in that context, is, like, what's the danger there of, of, you know, especially, you know, you and I aren't in those circles. We're not in IFB circles. We're not in that world. But we, we know who he is. We, we think he's, you know, sort of comical and, like, I can't believe this is real sort of sense. Um but what's the danger in making celebrity like oh it's almost like making a celebrity of mockery or of someone who's sort of like you know kind of ridiculous i don't know how else to, mm. to frame that you know what i'm saying i think so i mean for one i guess it's we ought to be checking our hearts that we're not disrespecting and mocking someone who's made in the image of god <laughs> um, and on the other hand we don't want to make light of you know, Jesus says that if you lead, you know, for, for the one who leads the little ones astray, it's better that a millstone be tied around your neck and you be cast into the sea. Yikes. So we don't want to be making light of someone who's leading people astray with, with whether it's 
false doctrine, whether it's poor preaching, teaching, whether it's, you know, there, there's, there's a, I guess, a, a sort of a spectrum in terms of like, you know, what would fall under being a bad pastor or, or having bad theology, you know? Um, but, it, you know, I th- some of the things I've, I've heard come out of the IFB world for, you know, in different degrees, like I do think are sometimes frightening, sometimes just kind of like eye rolling, you know, poor doctrine and, and, and not good teaching. And there's a lot of legalism and there's a lot of, um, you know, legalism, I guess would kind of be the best way to, to sum it up. Um, right. And lots of things that fall under that. And, and it's easy to make light of a sort of funny, just totally ridiculous statement except it's also something that is being presented from the pulpit to whatever the size, a community of people who are sitting under somebody's preaching. And that's a, that's a big deal, you know, and it's not, you know, I'm not in a position where I have the right or the authority or the ability to like, you know, do anything about a particular, you know, independent fundamentalist Baptist churches preaching. I think that's one of the issues with Baptist ecclesiology. But um, besides that, I'm not even involved in, in a denomination or, or an association, you know, like that could do that. But at least from at least from like my own heart, you know, am I am I able to like have a conversation with someone and be like, hey, you know, like I heard your pastor said this, but da, 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 or, you know, am I guarding myself against mocking you know someone who wants to serve the lord who even if he's not doing it well is made in the image of god and god loves him and wants him to be you know if he wants him to be a a pastor he wants him to be a good one so like i i think that there's sort of the, the the two sides of that where comedy makes things easier to swallow and and you know I love these accounts. They're hilarious. I love comedy, you know, all that kind of stuff. And and at the same time, you know, not but, but and, it's something to keep in mind, sort of the pitfalls of, of what can happen when we focus too much on the comedic aspect of something that in reality um, has, has real world implications in a way that really does affect lives and affects, um, you know, affects the witness of the gospel as well. Right. So I think there's a lot obviously that can be said here there's this is a a deeper topic that maybe garners further discussion at another date but um i think we'll sort of wrap it up and just say that uh you know we we need to be cautious we need to be careful um of of elevating man to a position that he ought not to be elevated to um especially if it's within the church and you know really (laughs) there's only one man who is worthy of any of the praise, the attention, the adoration that we give. And often he's sort of like an afterthought. Like you might spend all day on social media, watching these videos, looking at the news, looking at the things that these celebrities are doing. And then we're like, oh yeah, like I should pray or I should, you know, Mm. read the word or even just read a book. Um, So I think, yeah, this, this, this conversation was sort of like, we wanted to have it with, with the emphasis of like why we ought to be cautious and what we ought to, um, fix our gaze on and so i think yeah. that's sort of a good way to to conclude it so do you want to do you want to close us out in uh in prayer and then we'll uh wrap it up yeah and before i do that you know 
I this was a kind of a more free form conversation. You know, if we listen back, maybe we'll be like, oh wow, we didn't really say anything. But like, I think it it is also just it's one of those conversations that there's there's so many different strands and different thoughts that kind of intersect around the this idea. Um, so even more so than a lot of other topics we've done, which are a little more like A to B kind of thing. Like, I think this would really benefit from, you know, further comments and questions and reflections to sort of like better encapsulate sort of what we're getting at. I, I think, I think we've, we've really tried to present some like big ideas and then some right. thoughts around it. Um, and I think we were able to do that, but I also want to acknowledge like it was a little bit more of a free form discussion than we typically have so if you're feeling like we didn't make a point or it got lost like you know that would probably be why and like let us know because um we don't you know we don't talk just to hear ourselves talk but right um and if that was the case though like mm -hmm. maybe if you know if we didn't have a point maybe that's a good thing because maybe it'll mean that you'll think about this more and you'll come to the point that we neglected so let us know if you have a point that we didn't make (laughs) Yeah, because we definitely um, want. We are to not hear. celebrities. We are not no. authorities. You know, we we're just average dudes who want to have <laughs> right. We just want to talk about these things and you know be more faithful Christians. So, yeah, definitely. So I'm gonna pray um, the the 51st occasional prayer in the in the Book of Common Prayer 2019, which is for those who inform public opinion. Um, and I want to you know do this in particular with celebrities in mind. Um, because whether they are politicians or just sort of paparazzi type celebrities, public opinion gets informed by people who are in the public eye. So I think that we should keep all the, the, the different types of celebrities that we've been talking about in mind as we pray this, this short little prayer. So let's pray. Almighty God, your truth endures from age to age. Direct in our time, we pray, those who speak where many listen and write what many read, that they may speak your truth to make the heart of this people wise, its mind discerning and its will righteous to the honor of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you uh, for listening. Thank you for for tuning in. I think we're up to some, maybe into the 40s now for our episodes. And if you're somebody who's... uh, listen to even a handful of them up to this point you know we've we've been growing each and every month that we've been doing this and we appreciate your your support Mm -hmm. uh, your tuning in you're giving us feedback Um, so if you'd like to connect with us if you want to tell us that this episode was awful if you want to leave us another two-star review um, you know if you want to hit us up on twitter or instagram you can find us at doxology podcast um, or you can email us at uh, doxologypodcast at gmail.com we'd love your feedback your questions your episode ideas um sign up for our newsletter we have uh, a weekly email that goes out just sort of highlighting the week and what's going to be discussed and there might also be announcements from time to time where we talk about sponsors or um, maybe some of the things that we have in the works hint hint um so we'd love to hear from you uh let us know 